Hey folks, this episode is with E. Scott Lindner, a composer, producer, and audio engineer based in New York City. Uh, his recent work, In Flowers Through Space, is a sort of ambient album. Think, think Brian Eno meets uh, a mathematician. It's based on the Fibonacci sequence, which is really, really interesting. Uh, totally worth a listen. Um, he explains in depth uh, what that means and how they went about it in this uh, podcast that was uh, a telecast, pretty much. We did this via uh, Zoom online and uh, recorded audio separately so it wouldn't sound like garbage. Um, I was trying to find a, a workaround for it. Seems I can do this with people who have microphones, so this will work out just fine. And it sounds great. Synced it up perfectly. Um, people with keener ears will probably disagree. Uh, don't even tell me about it. I think it sounded great, and uh, I don't like this negativity right now. Um, COVID-19 is just kind of burning through the country, and we're all out of work. I'm in the service industry. I won't say where I work, but uh, I work in a restaurant, and we're shut down for uh, the foreseeable future, I guess. I don't know what that means for many of us, um, even with unemployment, uh, filing for unemployment, it's going to yield a lot less than we normally make. Uh, people in the industry will know uh, exactly what that means. We tend to make more than your average hourly uh, employee, which is usually really great. But at the time, for this time, it's, um, it's really hectic and it's really, it's getting to be uh, stressful. So, um, looking to sell prints online, I'm, I'm making do, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring stuff out, saving money. I was getting ahead for a while and, uh, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm more or less prepared for this. I can't say that about, um, many people I know. And for them, I have to, uh, help. I, I'm happy to help with, uh, linking to their, GoFundMe's or their fundraising, this or that, anything they may be doing to make ends meet in this tough time. Uh, yeah, so stay at home, as we are all doing. Um, stop interacting with people physically. Uh, get on the Skype game, get on the Zoom game, and we're going to get through this, people. Uh, we always do. I know this one is new. Uh, we haven't, in uh, in recent history, we haven't faced a pandemic, especially like this. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's a new experience. We have to do this. It has to be done. I sound like Trump right now. I'm just repeating myself, saying nonsense. Anyway, listen to and enjoy uh, E. Scott Lindner. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so you're in New York City, huh? Yeah, yeah. Where the studio is in Long Island City, which is um, in Queens. Okay. Which is like right outside of of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's nuts. Everything's pretty much locked down. I mean, you know, the only reason I'm here at the studio is because it's pretty like quarantine environment, actually. <laughs> yeah, you got padding everywhere. All that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's nobody really in the building except for me, mm. ever, you know, so I'm just kind of I just kind of like riding solo. 
the last uh the last week just kind of doing my own thing doing a doing a bunch of mixing and stuff for some records so um i'm able to kind of do that which is cool yeah Yeah. so you're finding productivity in this time huh yeah as much as i can until until the governor's like you can't leave your house yeah you know hasn't come to that yet Um, right I, i think uh san francisco did it and um LA's talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's only a matter of time, but uh, you know, I live like 15 minutes f- from the studio, so I have a bike. I just ride my bike. I don't have to actually come in contact with any anybody, which is great. Oh, nice. So, cool. Yeah, 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 what crazy times, man. Yeah. <laughs> in just how a do week. You know, how do you know Justin at Missing Pieces? He actually just reached out. Um, oh, we've cool. never met before. Yeah. Yeah, he reached out. He must have seen I don't know some some writing I I was doing because I write for yeah. I, I I freelance I do girl underground music I used to edit for uh, one called All Things Go we're out of uh, okay. DC we dealt with a well well we worked with a lot of uh, New York artists too a lot of producers oh really yeah that's cool so I'm sure we've crossed you're also a writer yeah yeah that's how I started oh, cool. I started with that with photography covering shows and all that sort of thing and then oh, okay finally made the jump to this. Um, yeah, interviewing artists for for new albums and that sort of thing. It was uh, usually only lasting like ten, fifteen minutes at a time, and I was like, you know, let, let me do a long form thing, maybe an hour tops. You know, see how it yeah. goes. And it's you know, it's been nice. People like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have our own podcast too. Like we 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 uh, I do a lot of podcasts actually, and over the course of the last week, it's just been like a lot of podcast recording and conference calls because everybody's at home and we're talking like on the phone nonstop, basically these types of interviews. So, uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely used to the, the podcast long form scenario. Yeah. Are you, and, uh, do you normally record audio separately? This seems to be the best way to go because Skype and zoom just for audio are terrible. Yeah, it depends. I mean, sometimes, uh, Usually I'll do, if I can, I'll do my own audio if they ask me to, mm. um, and then just send it to them and it works pretty well. I've been, uh, I've been actually micing the phone recently. Uh, like on your end, I would mic, mic the actual speaker Oh, okay. and record that. So I've done a couple episodes that way and it actually works pretty well. Oh, nice. Surprisingly. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm trying oh, to, gosh. trying to get through this <laughs> with, uh, cause I had a few scheduled and just everything yeah. had to cancel and they were all bands with you know three to four people uh yeah like, oh great no you can't come to my house like this isn't gonna work out yeah right that's true that's yeah. a good point point. and then my neighbors or safe. my neighbors my roommates got sick and like not with corona they just happened to get sick at the same time and i'm like yeah. oh god here we go <laughs> yeah right yeah so just trying to keep it going i'm glad uh yeah. glad everybody has a uh working a workaround for this so this is yeah, what, really. You know, yeah, this works out. Yeah. So, man, I've been listening to the the new album. It is so intense. I'm so glad somebody did this in a Fibonacci sequence. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you've had a uh, a chance to. Uh, have you watched the documentary by any chance? Or just the I did album? not. No, I was just listening to the album. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, we did two things. We did a we did a full length album, and then we also. Um, uh, alongside that, we did a um, full-length documentary. Okay. Um, which is uh, we were supposed to actually go this month, next week, 
to uh, the Oxford Film Festival to do its uh, world premiere, and it uh, it got canceled. You know, so there's no festival. So yeah. that sucks. I mean, it got postponed, but whatever. But um, yeah. So so the full length documentary kind of explains the whole making of the of the record and kind of how we went about it and all that kind of stuff. But mm. uh, but um, that's its own sort of release. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the album, yeah, I'm I'm super happy with it, you know, and we're getting a lot of um, good feedback from it, and and uh, I'm glad that people are actually listening to it, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, this is, I don't know, take it as you will, perfect shut-in music because it just, I mean, it gets me wanting to walk and like go on a hike and stuff like that, especially by, uh, I believe it was track five. Or I was just like, okay, now I'm getting a little antsy. Now I need to move around, get my headphones on, and start moving. But um, it's that I always go back to things like Brian Eno and like that sort of ambient style like that. So this was such a refresher, like a refresher course. So I was glad that this came around. Um, why uh, why Fibonacci sequence? Since I never well, saw I mean, this documentary. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the the uh, m- most of the albums that I make are are conceptual. Okay. Um, so we do a lot of conceptual records. I mean, this this is the third uh, solo album that I've done um, uh, under my own name. I've done a bunch of records with other bands and different stuff, but this, you know, I've I've started making my own records, mm-hmm. and each record is it has had some sort of conceptual element to it. Um, and uh this particular record i kind of wanted to get even more uh even deeper into the the conceptual vibe like the last record i did is called port of dreams and it was very much like a uh, chamber ensemble orchestral jazz type of thing but we actually wrote recorded mixed and mastered that in 72 hours and uh you know we 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 did that um with like a full um, chamber ensemble like you know so we had a string quartet writing you know the way that I've been ra- making my records is a little bit different than than how you normally would go about it whereas you'd come into the studio and you would um, are, are you a musician? I'm not actually I know okay. a lot though so you, okay so you know enough <laughs> right yeah yeah um, uh, but you know usually you'd come into this you'd come into the studio with the the stuff actually uh, written uh, and ready to record, you know, whereas I wanted to kind of get musicians together uh, in a room uh, in the studio and actually write the record together. Um, so I usually come in with with these very general forms um, for for the song. So they're really like broad forms that are more um, conceptual and like um uh, giving feelings and basically trying to evoke a certain sort of feeling from 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 uh, the musicians rather than saying, hey, play an A here and an F here and all that kind of stuff. It's more like, hey, I'm trying to um, evoke this feeling. So I'll, I'll write on a piece of paper the forms um, very broadly. So it'll start with like, you know, um, sort of like a poem in a way mm. where it's like a descriptive uh, way of of trying to evoke something so what whatever that may be you know like um uh in one of the tunes on the record 21 i think the description was um you know willy wonka and james bond float through the unknown universe on a magical discovery uh a magical trip of discovery and dreams or something like that yeah you know? and so so 
it's very broad. And then there's like a sort of like a skeleton that's like, okay, I want the intro to be just bass guitar. And then I want the pianos to come in. And then I want the woodwinds and the saxes to come in. Then I want a, a sax solo and I want this, you know. So I, I give like a very broad outline of what I want. So we have a general launching pad of where to go from. Okay. And then, um, and then we all sit and and uh come up with the come up with the actual parts and the melodies together um so you know the set like i said the port of dreams was very much that that route where we did it all in three days i mixed it all live you know i didn't do any mixing uh after the session there was no overdubs or anything like that uh-huh. um when the when the band was performing you know i was mixing straight to two track you know okay um, so that was kind of the concept of that record. So when we came to the, the this third record, um, I uh, wanted to go a little bit farther. So I wanted to do that same kind of concept where we were sitting down and writing all the music together as musicians. Um, but I wanted to be guided by something else as well. So I was sitting with the record label owner, Adam Ahuja. Uh, he owns the record label Infinity Gritty, um, and which I've released all my records on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was telling him how I wanted to do something that was sort of potentially mathematical. So my 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 initial idea was to have the number of players for each song match the number uh, of the song. So if it was song one, it would have one player. Song two would have two players. Song three would have three players. Uh, song four would have four players. You know, just straight up like that's yeah. how many players are on each each song. Um and I was talking with him. I was like, is there any kind of like mathematical formula, blah, blah, blah. And he brought up the Fibonacci sequence. And I had like a broad understanding of that. And we we kind of looked it up and got a little bit more specific, uh, specific about what the Fibonacci sequence was. Mm. And we found that it was this really like interesting um, uh, mathematical formula that um, can be seen in a lot of things in nature. So, you know, if you look at flowers, and the inside of a flower in particular is is very much the Fibonacci sequence. Mm. And you could see a prominent spiral there. Hence the name of the record, In Flowers uh, Through Space. Yeah. Um, some people say you could see it in the galaxies. Um, you know, you could see it on like um, uh, a pine cone or a seashell or anywhere where you see sort of a spiral. It's commonly, you know... Of, of the Fibonacci sequence and the way the the Fibonacci sequence works is you add the two numbers before before the 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 number to to um, basically start a chain of like infinity uh, math right it's a terrible way of explaining it but basically if you take if you take zero as the starting point and you add one to that um, you end up with the sum of one mm-hmm and then if you add one to one, you end up with two, right? Right. Then if you add two and one, you end up with three. And then if you add three and two, you end up with five. Uh, five and three is eight. Eight and five is 13, you know, so on and so forth. Right. And it just goes forever, yeah. right? Um, so what I wanted to do was take that Fibonacci sequence and and apply it in a bunch of different ways as the concept for the record to see if it would be if if applying that ratio would be uh, would translate to as as something that's pleasing to the ear mm-hmm. or something that's beautiful. So like you know, commonly the Fibonacci sequence um, 
is viewed as beautiful, right? So a lot of people say that the Fibonacci sequence is used in old like Italian art and all that stuff. Whether that's true or not is sort of like oh yeah, the know. old uh, the, like the Renaissance paintings, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's definitely been used in art and architecture and and all that kind of stuff. And 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 it and it translates to the human brain as beauty. So I figured it could be really interesting to really go crazy with it and see if. Um, that would happen with music as well. Mm -hmm. So we took the song numbers and attached those number of musicians um, for each song based on the Fibonacci sequence. Ah, that's beautiful. So if you look at the, so if you look at the record in the song titles, if you go on Spotify, um, you could see you know the song titles are actually the Fibonacci numbers. Mm. Um, so it starts with zero. The first track of the record is only ten seconds of silence. Mm. So it's ten seconds of just room tone. Um, you know, so if you turn it up really loud, you can actually hear the room, you know, you can hear uh, a little bit of white noise. Yeah. And then, uh, the first track is, is track one and it has one musician. So it's just piano. The next track would be one, which is the next number in the sequence. And that's just cello. Mm -hmm. The next track would be two. And then we have flute and violin. So it's two musicians. Then track three is uh upright bass. Uh, drums and saxophones. So it's three musicians. Track five has five musicians. Yeah. Right? Track eight has eight musicians. Track 13 has 13 musicians. And track 21, which was like sort of the climax of the record, has 21 musicians. Yeah. Uh, with like a choir and a string quartet and woodwinds and a whole, thi you know, a whole rhythm section. So um, that was sort of the broadest way that we kind of made the Fibonacci sequence. Um, work for the album mm. was was just starting with that point and it goes way 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 deeper but and i'm kind of rambling but you know i could go, I could go oh, on no. forever with this stuff but, <laughs> you know that that's generally the idea of the record yeah yeah it's it's incredible i love the 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 subtle build-up because it, it does take a moment more than you know your standard record which is which is phenomenal it, it keeps your attention you know, just long enough. And funny, you said that about the first track being just the white noise. I had it on the first time I had put it on uh, over a week ago. Now, I thought it was one of my mics. I was like, "What? What's on right now? Like, what's going?" And then for like ten yeah. seconds at a time, every every time, oh, it's the record, duh. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought maybe there was something wrong with it. iTunes actually contacted us and was like, you know there's something wrong with the first track. And we're like, no, it's supposed to be that way. And they were like, oh, we're not allowed to have noise. They almost pulled the track actually off the record. Uh, um, they didn't want it, right? I thought about yeah, that Yeah, because they're like, we don't want it to seem like there's no, you know, no noise. But what's really interesting about that record is that in order to, to get a stream on Spotify, you have to have, somebody has to listen to it for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Oh. So, so it's only 10 seconds long, which means it doesn't ever record a stream. Yeah. So it, it's actually zero in its truest sense. So like when I go to my like Spotify artist page, everything else has like all these thousands of streams and zero is always zero. How funny. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. How funny how that yeah. worked out. Well, good thing they didn't pull it either. I know that would have sucked. It made me think of that. Uh, I think it was a, a pianist who, who recorded a full album of just silence. You know who I'm talking yeah. about? I was trying to think of his name. Um, John, is it John Cage? Is it John Cage? That sounds right. That sounds familiar. I don't know. I mean, he ha he has a song I know for sure. That's just the uh, that's just recording for um, 
it's like four minutes or something like that. And it's just the, the sound of uh, the musicians in the room, but they're supposed to be trying to be silent, but you can hear occasionally like someone's chair creak or something like that. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, that's like super art conceptual music, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, track one but, had me thinking <clears throat> back to that one. I was like, so how are they going to, how is uh 10 seconds going to grab everybody? And yeah, it's grabbing people, but it's not grabbing the algorithm. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. Did you ever yeah. see the movie pie? Yeah. 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 It's funny it... that, that, that comes up a bunch. Uh, people bring that up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where, you know, you can, you can definitely go a little nuts with the Fibonacci and really like have it overtake everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and get really deep where you're going to go like crazy, like the guy from pie, you know? Yeah. But, um, I was wondering how far you were going to, going to take it. If you were going to, uh, have the, have the tracks last only, you know, X amount of time or you, you had, uh, you have the release date right at a, at a specific date. Well, what we did with the dates, uh, and this was another way we, 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 uh, applied the Fibonacci sequence is we, we recorded on dates that fell within the Fibonacci sequence. Mm. So we were, we recorded on the first of the month and the second of the month and the third of the month and the fifth and the eighth, 13th and 21st of the month. Um, so, um, that, cause usually like on my other two records, we were in the studio just three days straight. Mm. And so this one was a bit different cause I wanted to feel how that felt, you know, as far as like, you know, spreading out the dates and whether there was that feeling of like being in a spiral or feeling like a, a growth that, you know, was getting bigger and bigger. Right. And there was definitely something interesting about taking that space. You know, um, one of the times uh, I got sick and we had to actually reschedule one of the sessions. But the, the only date that we could do w- was like three weeks into the next month. Oh, okay. So, so that it would actually fall on the Fibonacci number. <laughs> so there was this time where there was like a month between sessions. Mm-hmm. And I decided to like rewrite the whole form and come up with a whole different way of, of, of doing that song. And so that song ended up being completely different. Like if you, if you, um, that's song number eight, actually. Mm. So if you actually listen to um, song eight, the way that we wrote that song is by putting the form on index cards. So what I did was I wrote a bunch of um, sort of random things. So like I I, I put like eight bars of uh, drum solo. Mm. And then that was just one index card, right? Right. And there were like 50 index cards. So the next one would say like, you know, um, uh, vocals enter at bar 16. Mm. Uh, And then the next one would be like, you know, um, bass comes in here and drums are doing a big groove whatever you know so it was all that kind of stuff over the course of like 50 index cards yeah and then i took those cards and i flipped them over and i wrote the fibonacci numbers randomly on them so i shuffled the cards and i started zero one one two three you know all the way until whatever it was like thousands something you know Mm -hmm. um until i ran out of index cards then i took those index cards and i stuck them inside of a pinata (laughs) Uh, with a bunch of flower petals, Uh right? And in the studio upstairs, we have this like empty room. There's a lot of artists in this building. Mm. So it was like an empty room where an artist used to be and there's like splattered paint all over and whatever. So I hung the pinata there 
and the musicians came. So there was eight musicians on that day. Um, and we stuck them in the room and gave them a big stick and told them to break the pinata, you know, one at a time. Mm-hmm. And when the pinata broke, all the index cards went flying all over the room. How cool. Then we picked up those, and then we picked up all those index cards, right? Mm. And aligned them, flipped them over so the Fibonacci numbers were there, and then lined them up based on the Fibonacci sequence, right? Right. And then flipped them over where all the forms were, and then taped those together, and that became the form of the song. Wow. Right? And then we just stuck to it. We came down to the studio and just made the song based on that. Yeah. And that that is track eight. Um, so if you listen to that, that's how that track was made. You know, so we so that was a, a good example of like really going deep into the Fibonacci and and letting it sort of dictate uh, dictate the sound of the record. And, the, and you know, the record definitely has this like celestial like um, depth to it that I don't think we would have really come across if we hadn't done it this way. Yeah, yeah, you could have just done it at a desk if you wanted to, right? It wouldn't have yeah. been it might it might have been a little hollow in that sense. But then you yeah. come up with call it a you know, this theatrical um method of of yeah. finding what you need to find. Yeah. That's really cool. How did the musicians take this idea from from you presenting it to getting that many musicians together? I mean, you know, the musicians typically are pretty excited to be part of it, you know, and I mean, a lot of times, especially in New York, when you have musicians coming into the studio, they're hired to come in and play the music that's in front of them. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So a lot of these musicians are classical musicians or jazz musicians. Mm -hmm. And so most of that is very much written music that's on, you know, especially like horn players in New York, like they're, you know, they're getting hired. They come into the studio for two hours and they have to bang out like a bunch of charts. You know what I mean? So usually they'll come in, they'll play what they need to play and then they leave, you know? And so in this scenario, it's like, I'm having these musicians come in and basically say, Hey, I want you to write what you want to write. You know Mm. what I mean? I just want it to feel this way and I'm giving complete creative freedom to these people. Yeah. Um, to be able to express themselves musically, which is, you know, and and a lot of times like that's why they got into music, you know? Um, so I think in a lot of ways it's, it's, uh, they're very excited because they get to come in and they get to like really be creative with their craft. Mm -hmm. Um, other people, you know, maybe it can invoke some anxiety, um, especially when it's like, for example, the cello in, in song, uh, one, the second song one, mm-hmm. um, I think it's labeled on the record one and two is yep. just cello. Um, and I had never met this, this woman before mm. the cello player that I had hired ended up having to re to, uh, cancel. And she got a sub, which was this person, Renat Pinchas who came in mm. And she came into the studio and I gave her this form with this sort of like ridiculous poem on it. And I was like, hey, I want you to make a song based on this, you know, go ahead and do it. Wow. And there, there is definitely, and if you watch the documentary and I should send you the link, it's not out yet, the documentary. Mm. We're shopping around and stuff, but like I can send you a link if you want to watch oh, it. Oh yeah, please do. Um, um, you could definitely sense this anxiety. She was kind of like, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, like what's going on? Because she's very much like a classical musician, so she's normally just playing uh, the charts, you know. So she had a lot of anxiety, but it was really channeled, I think, in a really wonderful way where she was able to kind of 
work with Adam, the piano player, and they kind of were writing together and just trying to get her like nerves out. Mm. But eventually, you know, she she got really comfortable. We ended up just leaving her in the studio for like an hour mm. um, to write, you know, because we didn't want to like be staring over her. But um, <laughs> so we left her in the studio for like an hour. We came back. She's like, I think I have something. And I was like, great. We recorded one or two takes of it and we had it, you know. Ah, that's great. So. Yeah, I was wondering cool. how uh, just bringing up a mathematical concept would uh, intimidate people. Uh, did anybody else have a mathematical background and really like just jump in both feet? Well, you know, um, most musicians, I think, are typically like have that kind of mind, you know, because mm. there's so much math in music. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of them definitely understood it so it's interesting because some people were really um super excited by the fibonacci concept and really excited about like diving deep into how that translates to music mm. and other people were more like hey you know i'm just gonna fibonacci happens naturally in nature i'm just gonna do what i normally do and it's gonna be there regardless you know what i mean uh -huh. um but you know another example of us sort of like how we implemented the fibonacci with the musicians was how we sort of um set up the the scales because um um the the actual uh scales or the i'm um, sorry the key signatures of each uh song follow the fibonacci sequence as well uh -huh. um and the way we did that is that we i mean this definitely is going to get like a little geeky but whatever <laughs> um bring it we took the we took the uh uh, the audible frequency for the hu for the human hearing, which is 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz, mm. right? When we listen to a note, it's actually a frequency, right? It's it's a sound wave going up and down, right? And and um, the note that we perceive is 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 how many times the the wave goes up and down. Mm -hmm. So you know, in a standard tuning, is 440 hertz, which is which is an A, okay. right? That's like your standard Western tunings, 440, mm -hmm. right? So that means the sound wave is going up and down 440 times in a second, mm -hmm. right? So what we did was uh, a friend of mine, Jim, who's a synth, he plays synths on the on the record. He created a Fibonacci calculator, basically, that that uh, translated hertz to musical notes. Oh, that's awesome! So 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 what we did was we took the lowest uh audible mm. frequency of 440 hertz mm. which ended up being i think 27 and a half hertz right that's the lowest that we could hear out of that octave so right. that's like that's like the lowest octave of 440 right mm. and we use that as the start of the fibonacci sequence right, right. um so that just generated um you know the the hertz for infinity right and we took we took whatever you know up to 20,000 hertz where we stop hearing we took those hertz as the the uh notes that we could play so you know they translated to notes and then we used those notes um to create the songs for each for for each song on the record mm -hmm. but then also we laid it on the piano um and you could see that in the doc too like we took tape uh to the actual grand piano the 88 keys and assigned uh, each Fibonacci number with Hertz to each key on the piano, and we put tape all over the piano. Yeah, and so those were only those were the only keys you could play, 
because they match the Fibonacci sequence. And if you listen to song one, which is just piano, mm-hmm. um, with like a bunch of delays, like we have put a bunch of like analog delays and stuff on it. But if you listen to that, that song, uh, it's it, that's the, the only the notes that we had taped on the piano. Right. So that is like the purest form of the Fibonacci sequence as it lies on a piano, you know. Oh, that's incredible. Then, yeah, so then we, you know, we had that basically on a piece of paper and we would explain this to each musician as they came in like how this works. These are the notes you can play. These are, you know, this is how you could write a melody with the Fibonacci sequence. Mm-hmm. And then each musician basically applied that to their parts um however they wanted Mm -hmm. so you know the fibonacci numbers are in the record all over the place you know yeah um so yeah i mean that's just another example you know seems very time intensive yeah i mean it's super geeky but at the same time it's kind of what we had to do to kind of implement you know what we wanted to implement you know and the and the scale that we ended up with on the piano is a scale that we never never would have normally played oh really so yeah, yeah, it's like you wouldn't have come across those. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like, yeah, it's completely, completely like off any normal grid that you would normally play. Right, you know? right. But for whatever reason, it works perfectly when you listen to and you play them all. You could play any note and any combination of the notes, mm. and they work. They work together. Mm. Wow. Uh, so that's just nature, you know, coming through the music. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah. What do you think about? You know how NASA releases every now and then uh, audio from or translated yeah. audio from like just planetary systems and yep. like asteroid systems and all that. Do you ever experiment with the uh, the out of all the sounds out of range, out of human range, bringing them to scale, bringing them all the way down? Yeah, yeah I mean, I I haven't. I have friends who who have and and do experiment with that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but uh and you know generate synthesizers and stuff like that based on those sounds mm. um but i haven't I mean, it's definitely interesting but mm. i mean you know those are sounds like the sound of the sun you know yeah. like if you bring it all the way down to the human hearing you know but it's funny because they always end up sounding somewhat similar like just sort of like a low like hum or like a you know granular sort of yeah. like texture you know what i mean but uh no I, I think that's super super interesting and there's definitely people who are playing around with that stuff i have some friends as well that are doing stuff like that but i'm not going to name names just in case they don't want me to yeah yeah not yet <laughs> wait for it yeah <clears throat> so how did you get started uh have you been in new york uh your whole life no i mean i've been in new york for about 20 years now okay um and I moved here from uh, from uh, Baltimore. Actually, I was going to recording school in Baltimore, so um, I went through high school and stuff in Pennsylvania, in Central Pennsylvania. And I was I was playing guitar, um, you know, as a, playing a lot of like Jimi Hendrix and like Eric Clapton style guitar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, and um, I got I started getting really interested in recording. And I uh, I moved to uh, to Baltimore to go to recording school, uh-huh. and then from there I moved to New York, where I, you know this was uh, this was right after nine eleven, so like three weeks after nine eleven. Oh wow! I moved to New York, and I and I uh, just started knocking on doors at studios, and I got I got a job at uh, a place called Right Track Recording, which was like a big corporate recording studio so we're dealing with like mariah carey david bowie like rod stewart wow uh, shakira britney spears all that kind of stuff you jumped so right I was in. working at a, 
yeah, I mean, I was working in a studio doing that kind of stuff. And, um, um, that's kind of where I got the foundation of, of production and music and recording. And, you know, that's, that's really where I got the recording bug from, mm. you know? Yeah. What was Baltimore like? Uh, at the time I, cause I, I lived in DC for, uh, between 2014 and 2016, uh, short run. Yeah. I mean, but, it's a um, lot of, it's a lot of driving around. Um, it's a lot of, uh, it's kind of nasty, man. I wouldn't want to live in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. I saw a lot of rough parts. I, I drove around a couple of times. I was like, Oh, I'm glad I have a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Baltimore can be, can be pretty rough for sure. <laughs> Yeah. So I was glad I was glad to get to New York. I mean, New York can be pretty rough as well, but uh, but uh, there's something about New York that that just uh, that just works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before this uh, this quarantine, uh, were you uh, catching many shows around town? Well, I have two kids, uh, so oh. it's, it's, <laughs> it becomes <laughs> it becomes hard for me to go out and and catch shows. You know, honestly. Um, I'd like to be able to go out more and catch shows, but honestly, I'm at home with the kids most of the time. Mm. Most of my music making is happening during the day. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, so, I mean, luckily, like I own a recording studio and we, you know, I record music, Mm. um, for a living. So, uh, I get to see a lot of these bands that are out playing, you know, here in the studio. So, you know, we, we do a lot of recording with jazz, you know, a lot of jazz people come, a lot of jazz guys coming in and out of the, uh, out of the studio. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm actually working on a jazz record right now. Mixing. I was doing that earlier. Oh, cool. Um, and, uh, so you're kept yeah, pretty man. busy, uh, obviously throughout the day running, a owning a, a, a studio. So yeah. you're, so you're nice and busy. You're surrounded by music, not really catching, too many shows which is fine now right because i don't know considering right? yeah <laughs> as, right as a photographer as a in, as a writer like i was out shows i don't know three at least three days a week yeah and now it's just now i'm here in my home office you know with right. the with the mics and yeah yeah so now i'm listening uh again which is, is it's really nice uh, do, do you get to listen much outside of your your work style, like your work schedule. You ever just yeah, man. turn on stuff that has nothing to do with work? Absolutely. I'm constantly listening to music. I mean, especially now, cause I got my bike, uh, with the Corona stuff. I've been, mm. uh, I've been, uh, riding my bike to and from work. I mean, also like even when there's no bike, you know, we have the subways here, so we're never really driving around. So I always got my, uh, my headphones on listening, listening to music, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm basically constantly listening. If I'm not home with the kids, I'm listening or making music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of my, my thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I figured it'd be difficult to like find that balance between that, you know, that diet of music, what's work and what isn't and like how, what, what ends up taking over. What are you guys, or what are you listening to, uh, at the moment? What, what, what gets on constant rotation? Well, I'm a huge. Uh, a lot of my influences are Krautrock. Mm. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you are familiar with any of the Krautrock. Kraftwerk, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean Kraftwerk's like the yeah, sure. Kraftwerk's like the bigger one. I don't really listen to Kraftwerk, but you know, probably the biggest influential band uh, that that I've ever listened to is Can. Uh, oh, okay, it's yeah. C- yeah, it's called C A N, and uh, I'm a huge Can fan. So most of their records, I'm I, are on a, a a heavy rotation 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, bands like Noi, N-E-U. Yeah, I was going to ask about um, Noi. Yeah, yeah Noi's a, Noi's a great band. Um, Faust, F-A-U-S-T. Those are all like Krautrock bands. Harmonia is a great um, Krautrock band. Um, but, you know, more notably non-Krautrock. Like, I'm a huge Crims- King Crimson fan. Okay. Um, I love King Crimson. Yeah. Um, recently, I've been listening to a lot of classical music. Right. Um, I've been going to the symphony a lot. I mean, not now, obviously, but uh, um, up until a couple of weeks ago, I was going to the symphony um, a couple times a month. Oh, wow. Um, you know, because we have the New York Philharmonic here, so it's like you can just go and, and go to the symphony. It's cheap, and it's awesome, man. I love symphonic. Like, it's There's something really cool about classical music that like I, n- I never really got when I was younger you know yeah um, but there's something really nice about that it's like all organic like no electronics everything is just like being played there in a hall for you you know so listen to a lot of Mozart recently um, yeah I mean we you know you should check out the podcast that we started it's called pinch music podcast pinch music podcast will do pinch music podcast so what we do is um, uh, we interview a lot of musicians, so like jazz guys, whatever. Mm. And then we also do these 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 episodes where we each select songs and uh, uh, put together like a playlist of of different songs. Like we just did, we just released one yesterday called uh, "The Apocalypse." So we created a playlist based on songs that you know evoke apocalypse apocalyptic feelings. You mm. know. Um, you know, so we do stuff like that and yeah, dude, I'm always listening to music. I mean, I, n- I never get sick of it. If I'm not at the studio, I'm either listening to music or I'm listening to mixes that I've done mm. kind of checking my mixes on different headphones and all that kind of stuff. You're like, I'm a huge music guy. Yeah. 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 You figure though. Right. But, um, I, I tell me if this is true for you too, that, uh, I know so many musicians who don't listen to too much new music, right. They'll listen to what they like to play. And they kind of just like stick to that steady diet. They don't really venture out too much. Um, And, you know, not to their fault or anything like that. It's, you know, their taste and whatnot. But it's it's always surprising. So I always like to ask, you know, are you listening to anything? Are you are you absorbing the rest of the world, you know, or do you end up getting caught in a bubble, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm always listening to stuff, man. I mean, whether it be like musicians coming through the studio or, or you know, like NPR's New Music Fridays. Like, I, I like to, to, to listen to that podcast because you can get some really cool, interesting music that I wouldn't normally have found. Mm-hmm. You know, listening to some of the old stuff I'm listening to. But, yeah, dude, I'm constantly exploring music. That's like, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's always surprising. Like, like I said, it's always surprising when musicians don't listen to music, so it's refreshing when they do because I'm always like, well, hey, you tell me how this works. And, like, you know, because I'm, I'm just listening. And I, like I said, I'm not a musician. Um, right. So a lot of it is kind of, you know, I, I do what I can in terms of learning how it works. But on the creative end, I'm just not a musician. So I, you know, I love to get that feedback on why did this make sense or why didn't that make sense? You know, why don't I like this? And you know, that sort of thing. Well, I mean, as, as somebody who's reviewing music and writing for music and stuff, I think it's good to not be a musician because you could kind of see, um, uh, the bigger picture, you know, Mm. um, as a listener. Yeah. I feel like it'd be a little more biased in that sense. If I, uh, if I were a musician, I'd only listen to things I like probably. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Might end up being a short list. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, corn. Uh, uh, what'd you call it? Apocalypse. Uh, apocalypse. Apocalypse. Ah, apocalypse. Jeez, I could yeah. not get that one down. Yeah, uh, apocalypse. Who, who did you contribute to that list? Uh, let's see. I mean, it's a, it's actually a huge, a pretty big playlist. We put a bunch of songs on there, and then we each chose, uh, we each chose three songs. Mm. So I chose a noise song called Negative Land. Um, let's see. The other one that was Mozart's Requiem. Um, and what was my other choice? I can't remember. I have to open it up and look at it. Mm. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of fun, man, you know, uh, to just kind of create playlists. There was, there's, I can't remember my other playlist. Oh yeah. It's what we all grew up doing, right? The tapes or know, CDs right? and, and then iTunes comes out and we did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I had a stereo lab song on there. Mm. Oh, they had to cancel uh, some shows. I was really disappointed about that. Oh yeah. 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 I, lab, and then I had a Miles Davis tune kind of blue. That's what was one of my other choices. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's a bunch. You should check it out, man. Go on, go on, go on Spotify and, oh, uh, yeah. and listen, listen. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, this podcast keeps you pretty busy too. Doing the pinch music podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know, we do that. And, and, uh, um, we're part of the uh, Paperhouse Network, which is a, a podcast network that does the New York Comedy Club podcast and also uh, the Carrie Allen Picture Show, which is a podcast about film. So a good friend of mine uh, and uh, the director of the documentary that we did, uh, his name is Dennis Callow. He, his podcast is called the Carrie Allen Picture Show. So he interviews filmmakers and anybody, in, in anybody basically related to, to film. Cool, yeah. cool. Paperhouse, is yeah. that... Is that a uh, Baltimore DC area? Paper so, house is actually the name of a can song. Oh, okay. H a U S right. No, it's actually paper house. Like regular spelled out. Regular. Oh, okay. Yeah. There, there was a paper house, like collective band slash band oh, really? uh, in DC, Baltimore area. They jump back and forth. And it, I, to my knowledge, they'd go to New York a lot too. I, how funny. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. I wonder, I wonder if theirs was a can reference as well. Yeah. Well, theirs was uh, H-A-U-S, so I figured, you know. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, this is actually spelled out Paper House. There's, <clears throat> a, there's a can song called Paper House, and check that out, too. Mm-hmm. Also, the name of the studio, Pinch Recording, is uh, based off of a can song, too. They, they have a, can, uh, a song called Pinch. Oh, okay, so you're all in. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, kind of, they have great titles, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, uh, I never got too much into German stuff. I wish I did. Like I said, craft yeah, I mean, work not, was one of them, like, but, you know. Yeah, but it's not more. like, um, it's not what you would think. Some people think, like, uh, kraut rock would be like, um, um, uh, like, do host and stuff like that. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's not. It's actually, it was actually kind of like a cultural movement post-World War II, um, like, young German musicians who were, like, heavily influenced by, like, LSD. And and so it's, like, really, like, psychedelic, actually, like, very repetitive, psychedelic, polyrhythmic type of music. So it's not, like, at all like what you might think. Mm -hmm. Craftwork makes you think it's, like, robots and stuff like that, you know, but it's not really like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, At least uh, with their live performances, too, as they just kind of, you know, stand there and, 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 and do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really interesting stuff, man. Um, so 
new album is out now or is not out now it's uh you're working on it right or you're working on a release date wait for that for the album or for the documentary uh for your album is your album already out i i remember getting a uh private link i don't think it was I oh yeah it was yeah, yeah. the album the album came out on february 28th okay uh, oh i got so it. it's out on yeah i think you probably from from justin you probably got a private link oh okay but, uh yeah it's like uh anyway whatever it's out it's on uh it's on spotify and wherever you know Bandcamp, anything you know whatever wherever you listen to your music it's called in flowers through space um you know and you can uh follow me on 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 instagram and east scott Lindner. and uh you know like i said the documentary is going to be coming out hopefully within the fall or the early of of new year everything is sort of slowed down now because of the coronavirus stuff so um, right but yeah were there any plans of uh, producing or uh, playing this live before the lockdown? Uh, no, no. I'm very much a studio musician. I don't do really live performances anymore. I did when I, uh, a while ago, but um, with my solo stuff, it's all just studio music. Cool. Uh, it would be too expensive, man, to have <laughs> to have 21 players playing live. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. As incredible as it would be, it sounds uh, just logistically. Uh, a nightmare <laughs> yeah possibly absolutely yeah 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 well uh hey thanks a lot for doing this man yeah man thanks for having me i really appreciate it yeah anytime anytime